Thank you very much. <clears throat> I'm really enjoying this series in Matthew. Every passage is really challenging. It makes you work hard to dig out the gold, but the gold is worth digging for. And Matthew repeatedly reminds us that he is not afraid to challenge what culture thinks. And so today, we're faced with the light and fluffy question of divorce. So a question for you to start with. How do you feel about this passage? Who's like, yes, bring it on? Who's like, okay, this is, this is a little bit complicated. Who's, who's not quite sure? Who's not even sure which one to vote for? <laughs> Fantastic. Some questions that it raises. What sort of questions does this, this passage raise for us? What do we do with this in today's culture? If I wanted to get there, I wouldn't start from here. Yes, quite. Any other questions? Why don't women get to say in the matter? Excellent question. I can, I can feel two more sermons coming on, even as I, I think. Any other questions that this raises for people? I think the ladies should ask the questions. The ladies should ask the questions. Some questions this passage raises for me. Is Jesus ruling out divorce? If so, what if I'm in a really hard place in my marriage? What if I'm already divorced? Is Jesus ruling out remarriage? So if I'm single and divorced, is God calling me to remain single? What if I'm already remarried? And what about singleness? Is singleness better? On that happy note, let's dive into the passage and see what we find. Some Pharisees came to him to test him and they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Now, in the Bible, there are two types of question that people ask Jesus and people ask God. The first type is a question from people who genuinely want to know, how do I live in such a way to honour and obey God? The second is from a set of people who want to discredit Jesus or catch God out or prove him wrong. And this is the second type of question. And this is what the Bible means when it warns us not to put the Lord our God to the test. This question is a trap. Jesus is not being asked this question by a couple who are struggling in their marriage. He's being asked by a lawyer who is trying to discredit him. And so the lawyer says, so Jesus, is divorce always okay or only under special circumstances? Here come the fireworks. Haven't you read, he replied, that in the beginning, the creator made the male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So, they are no longer two, but one. 
And therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. So before Jesus goes on to talk about divorce and remarriage, first of all, he wants to go back and remind us what marriage is all about. Jesus was not interested in pedantic legal arguments about what we can and what we can't get away with. Jesus is consistently interested in the question of creating a heart that honours God. That's what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to not fit us into a set of rules, but so change us from the inside out that our life is lived in the way that God wants it to be. And we must grasp this. Living a godly life is not about keeping a set of rules. It's about having a certain kind of heart. Rules can restrain evil, but rules cannot produce love. And Jesus is not giving us rules. He's calling us to a life of love. Now, what Jesus says in these verses reminds me a little bit about what the Bible teaches about baptism, actually. In baptism, we perform an outward ritual to reflect something new that God has done in our heart and our life. We turn away from our sin and we trust Christ to forgive us through his death and resurrection. And then God comes and God plants his new eternal life in us by the Holy Spirit. And we mark the creation of that new life by getting baptised. Similar in marriage. In marriage we perform an outward ritual to reflect something new that God has created. So from our point of view, we choose to give ourselves to one person and no one else. And we make vows before God to each other. And in that process, God fuses us together into one flesh, into a new family unit, a union of two persons into one. And we mark that new union that God has created by a wedding. And so marriage creates a new reality created by God. And so marriage is not just a human agreement, it's a divine creation. When we get married, God creates a new reality. And so if we get divorced, we tear apart something that God has fused together. Now the Pharisees wanted to know whether they can get divorced for any reason or whether you could only get divorced under special circumstances. Jesus' reply so far has been that to divorce is to rip apart what God has bound together. You have to wonder at this point, don't you, whether the Pharisees had wished they hadn't asked that particular question. But Jesus is not done with them. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? So this is the, but Moses said moment, isn't it? In the Old Testament for the Jews, Moses was the supreme prophet. What Moses said 
was what you needed to know. That was the final authority. So come on, Jesus. You're not going against Moses, are you? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman commits adultery. Moses gave a concession. Why did Moses give a concession? Moses gave a concession because we are stubborn and we are proud and we are inflexible, aren't we? Yes, yes we are, we all are. Where both parties are willing to honestly and humbly face the issues in their marriage, they will find God's grace ready and available. When I married Ruth, I said to her, I, Duncan Alexander Moore, take you, Ruth Claire Whiteman, to be my wife, to have and to hold, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and in sickness and in health, until God do us part. And according to God's holy law, I give you my word. And I memorised those vows. And I made them before God. And God means me to keep them and means to help me to keep them. The reality is there are situations where marriages become broken beyond repair. One or both parties just cannot bring themselves to do what is needed to find God's way through. That is human reality. Moses understood that. Jesus understood that. Where hearts were hard, Moses gave a concession. But Jesus goes on to spell out the price tag of the concession that Moses gave. Marriage is God's chosen context for sexual relations. So when we get married, God joins us together. And so if we divorce, we break that union. And when we remarry and make another covenant, we're joining ourselves to a person other than the person we promised to be faithful for, for our whole life. Now when Jesus said this, he wasn't saying something new. This didn't suddenly become new at that point, whereas it hadn't been before. So it wasn't like Moses' exception was okay then, but now Jesus has overruled it. What's in fact happening is Jesus is explaining the cost of breaking a marriage. Does that mean we can't get divorced and remarried? Let's come back to something very important that I said earlier. Jesus is not giving us rules that we have to stick to in order to give, to live a godly life. Jesus is describing a heart that honours God. And that heart honours God with their words and their commitments because they love God and they love others. God intends, this is ridiculous, but it is what God's word said, God intends marriage to be a reflection of his 
unconditional love and commitment for the church. What an extraordinary thing. If you think living with your spouse is hard work, it is entry level compared with the amount of grace and forgiveness and love and second chances that God has to show us, his bride, the church. <coughs> the heart that honours God is the heart who's willing to honour their spouse and their marriage. Now the Bible is a very pragmatic book. God paints this blueprint of what life is meant to look like. But he recognises that we are broken, sinful, hard-hearted, stubborn, weak and stupid. Amen? Yes. Amen. We're broken, we're sinful, we're hard-hearted, we're stubborn, we're weak, we're stupid. All of us, without exception, even the Queen. He knows that we can never live a transformed life by keeping rules. And in these verses, he's not giving us more rules to follow. Don't divorce, don't remarry. He's calling us back to how God created us to be and how God created us to live. So if you're divorced, as some of us are, and have confessed and repented the issues that led to your divorce where they are yours to do so, you are forgiven and released in the name of Jesus. And there's grace to pick up the pieces and to heal and to move into a God-honouring life. And I know many people who genuinely and deeply love God and are divorced. I know many people who genuinely and deeply love God and are remarried. God is the God of second chances and as many chances as we need. We're loved because we're loved because we're loved. We're not loved because our marriage has worked brilliantly. We're not unloved because our marriage has gone horribly wrong. We are loved because we are loved because we are loved. Divorce doesn't disqualify us from God's love. It just hurts like hell. If you're divorced, you don't need me or even Jesus to tell you that it's a miserable and a deeply wounding experience. Divorce is not what God wants for us. Jesus wants to give us grace to heal and restore our marriages that we can walk in love and faithfulness. And if our marriage has been irretrievably broken, God wants to give us love and grace to heal and restore us. But we have to say at this point that this teaching is totally different from what the culture around us says. More and more people view marriage as disposable. There was a famous book called Generation X written 20 years ago now. and It opens with a big cartoon um, with a, a woman saying to her mother, don't worry, if the marriage doesn't work out, we can always get divorced. It's, it's the idea that marriage is disposable. Marriage is a commodity. Marriage is something that makes me feel better about life, and if it doesn't work out, I can get rid of it. That is the message of culture, that we can bind our lives together without any formal commitment or any expectation that we're going to go for the long haul. And if it doesn't work out, we can get rid of our marriage and trade it in for another. And that's why our culture is so lonely and so fractured and so broken 
and so depressed. Marriage is a big deal. And breaking a marriage is a profoundly damaging and painful experience. And so if you're struggling in your marriage and you can't find a way through, please seek out help. God is for your marriage and wants to help you. And if it's gone horribly wrong and there's still great pain in your heart, please do come and find help because God wants to restore you and heal you and bless you. Verse 10. The disciples said to Jesus, if this is the situation between a husband and a wife, it's better not to marry. The Pharisees and the disciples are taken back by this radical teaching of Jesus. The disciples count the cost and conclude it's probably not worth it. Christ's bride, the church, cost him the cross. Marriage is more wonderful and more expensive than we ever begin to realise. Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For some are eunuchs because they were born that way, others were made that way by men, and others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. As I read this, I think Jesus seems to agree with the disciples. In some ways, life is certainly simpler if we're single. But singleness is a really, really hard calling as well. And Jesus knows not, not everyone can carry the calling of sing, singleness. Especially in a culture, and particularly a church culture, where you're expected to be married and in a relationship. Just as Moses and Jesus recognise not every marriage will succeed, Jesus recognises that not everyone can cope with the demands of singleness. So in all of this, we come back to that central reality that whether we're single or whether we're married, we need the help of a community of God's people. If we become isolated as a single person, if we become isolated in our marriage, we're going to find ourselves struggling and even more open to temptation than we are normally. If we're struggling in our marriage, God has more grace than we could dare to hope for. If we're divorced and remarried, there's grace. If we are struggling with our singleness, there's grace. So let's commit to help each other to live in love and faithfulness as best we can. Amen. I recognise that for many of us, this is a deeply 